Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, now here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi, everybody. This is Jerry Bryant. Welcome to a very special edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show, where I'm taking you back to where it all began. Now, on this episode, we'll be paying tribute to Billy Ray Hearn who, for those of you who don't know, was the founder of both Murr Records and Sparrow Records. On April 15, 2015, at the age of 85, Billy went on to be with the Lord due to complications from a heart disease. Many would agree with me that Billy was one of the unsung heroes of contemporary Christian music and is really responsible for spreading the gospel through music over the entire world. He discovered many of the pioneers of Jesus music as well as producing many of those early albums. Now, a few months before he died, I was fortunate enough to sit down with him and talk about those early formative years. Now, as far as I know, it turned out to be the last recorded interview he ever gave. I feel very blessed to have known Billy for over 40 years and, well, I'm honored to share his story with all of you. As well as Billy's own reflections, we'll be hearing from those artists that he signed to both Murr and Sparrow, as well as songs from those albums that he produced. To start off, I asked Billy to give me a little of his long musical background and how it all began. And who was the very first artist that he signed to the label? This is Full Circle. This church in Atlanta asked me to come and take the place of their choir director that just resigned. And it, it was a big uh, emphasis there on the oratorio, which I was the assistant director of the oratorio society to get the, uh, at the seminary. So it sounds like I'm a classical guy. And I played in the Baylor Symphony, played in symphony all through uh, high school. And so I was a music guy, classical. Uh, I wanted to be in the church and winning kids to Christ. and. And uh, along came this folk music and rock music that was really reaching the people, the Kingston Trio, the Christian, Christy Minstrels, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, all of those old. I said, that's the music we need in the church, but with Christian message. So I started doing things like that, and it didn't really work in Atlanta at the old tabernacle. So I went down to Thomasville, Georgia, uh, at the First Baptist Church, and they loved this idea. So I was involved in the Baptist thing uh, where they were doing music every year uh, in, in recreation and youth weeks. And, and uh, what I was doing in, in the folk music and the guitars and the drums in the church was what they wanted. And so we wrote a musical called Good News and presented it there and, and presented it all over the, in, in, in Europe. When I came back, Word Records said, you know, we want to be in this music that you're doing. Gerald McCracken was the president and owner of Word Records. He sent Kurt Kaiser, 
who had written a lot of music uh, for the church, sent him down to Houston. We were doing Good News, this musical, uh, the night that Billy Graham was speaking. And he, we, we did it in, right before his sermon. And we did it with 1,700 kids in the choir, 50 guitar players. And uh, Kaiser saw that. And he said, Gerald would like you to come to Waco. He wants to talk to you. So, and he sent the plane down, and he flew me back to Waco in the plane. He said, would you come and help us get into this music? They were doing music, church music, traditional kind of music on the word records at that time, choirs and organ music and stuff. So I went there, and I started doing some things, the contemporary stuff, and that's when I discovered that I really needed a new label that the people I wanted to recruit that were doing Jesus music at the time. This was 1968. They were on the West Coast and in the Midwest, and there were a lot of young bands and young singers, and I wanted to get them in the commercial side, I mean, make records, and um, I needed another label. I did, they didn't want to be on Word Records. That was at an image. So Gerald didn't want to do it for a good while, but he finally said, okay, you can start a new label. And I decided to name it Myrrh, after one of the gifts of Jesus at the, at the manger. My wife actually came up with that name. And I started Myrrh, and, and I signed some wonderful artists in those early days. I think I would say it was a guy named Ray Hildebrand, uh, who was uh, very involved with the uh, Fellowship of uh, Christian Athletes, FCA. And he was a great singer. He had made a pop record called Hey Paula. And he was in my church in Fort Worth. I went to him, and he was signed to Word Records. And I asked uh, if I could use him and put him on Mar. And we made a record, and then it was on Word. And then we moved him to Mar. And then I discovered Honey Tree. Honey Tree came from Paul Baker, a guy in in uh, Dallas or Fort Worth. He was a disc jockey, and he was playing this record by Honey Tree on his radio show. Uh, he sent me this tape of Honey Tree. So I went up to uh, her church, and I went up there, and I, you know, signed Honey Tree to do records on Murr. Well, while I was there, they had a rock band called Petra, and they couldn't get a place to play because nobody wanted to hear that rock and roll, you know. Now, this is in this is in 72, I guess. And so I signed them to Murr right away. They, they were uh, wanting to do albums, and we... I produced the record. I had no business doing it, but I did. I, I didn't know anything else to do. We're all gathered here Because we all believe And if there's a doubter in the crowd we ask you not to leave Give a listen to his story Hear the message that I bring Feel the faith swell up inside you Lift your voice with us and sing Accept him with your whole heart And use your own two hands With one reach out to Jesus 
Looking back to 1973, Ray Hillebrand with a cover from the love song classic Two Hands from an album called Special Kind of Man. Ray was the first artist our special guest, Billy Ray Hearn, signed to Murr. Ray had also recorded two previous albums for Word Records, but this debut on Murr had more contemporary sounds than those early releases. I asked Billy Ray, why he would be willing to take the risk on Christian rock. No one had ever heard of it. No one knew what to do with it. <laughs> I also inquired if that was the visionary side of his gifting, being able to see down the road, knowing in his spirit that this new music could reach young people like nothing else before. And here's what he had to say. And then when I was at Murr, I signed the second chapter of Acts. I signed Barry McGuire. I signed... Uh, Sonny Salisbury and, uh, was a great one in those other days. It was a great time. It was a wonderful time because it, the music was, and the message was putting those things together was so new and fresh that it, every day you look forward to getting up and starting the next day because something else is going to happen. That was the whole thing that was in me that we needed to be doing music that they heard every day in their life at their parties, at their school parties at their whatever dances music in their life they hear it as background music in, in uh, on radio and in movies and everything why can't we use that music and uh, put the gospel in it and reach kids my, my whole thing was to, how, how do I reach kids and the way I saw we could reach kids young people I don't mean kids demeaning but it was a I guess the thing that I had in my heart that that's the way we're going to reach the youth of this generation. And um, everything I do would be to get that kind of artist to sign away. We did Randy uh, Matthews. Uh, remember that name? Uh, he was quite a guy out there on the edge. And, um, you know, they pulled his uh, electricity off at the festival. Have you heard that story? 
I was actually there and watched it happen. Oh, were you? Were you really? Yeah, he, he was doing it, and somebody pulled a little electricity to keep him from playing that evil music, you know? Oh, yeah. It was heartbreaking to him because he had uh, gone out there with great excitement about sharing this new music, and in the middle of the song, they pulled the plug. He's actually written a song about that. Yeah, yeah. He, and so I signed him, and we did a few albums with him, and um, that ended when I left Word at, in 76 to start Sparrow. Here are the song that chronicles the events of that festival in 1974. And on a personal note, I can tell you that every word is true because I was there on the stage. Randy Matthews with the Pennsylvania song on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant.
Randy Matthews, and the autobiographical Pennsylvania song. And what an experience that was back in 1974. And, well, here we are now, over 40 years later, still talking about it. Now, Randy has personally assured me he'll give me an interview for Full Circle sometime soon. Another person that both Billy Ray and myself had a connection with is the late Keith Green. I was the pastor at Last Day's Community not long after I hosted a concert with Keith in Carbondale, Illinois. Now, how did this all begin, you might wonder? Well, it was due to the fact that Billy Ray encouraged me to check Keith out and book him with my Jesus Solid Rock concert series in Southern Illinois. Billy told me how he met and signed Keith to Sparrow Records in the first place. Terry Talbot wanted to do a musical. Terry said, now come to the recording tonight. I said, I'll be there. I want to hear what's going on, you know. And we got there and he said, I want you to meet the piano player. He's terrific. He's somebody you ought to talk to. So I listened to him record a little. I walked out of the studio in, in one of the breaks. And I said, hey, introduce myself. He's, I said, I hear you write songs and you play. He said, yeah, I'm doing a concert Friday night over at the little church in the Sermon Oaks. Why don't you come and see what I do? He said, listen to this new song we wrote. He played me Love Broke Through. And I said, I think I'd like to do that. And uh, so I went Friday night to this little church out there in Sherman Oaks area. I couldn't get in the door. I had to crawl down the aisle, I mean, between people to get up front. The place was jammed with people. And I said, what in the world? He was up there with an old upright piano with no front, and he was banging away. It sounded like an orchestra the way he played the little piano. And he played and did a set, and just I was just so moved. And I, so I crawled back out when he was over, because somebody was speaking after he sang. I went around and met with him back and said, Hey, bro, I, I'd sure like to have you on my new label. He says, Well, I've already promised Pat Boone I'd be on his label. Oh, really? Are you sure of that? Yeah, well, I haven't signed anything. But I said, Well, why don't you meet with me out at Bob's Big Boy or tomorrow, and we talk about this. So we went in this little... Shoney's, that's what it was. And we sat and we talked, and he says, well, I talked to Buck and Annie at the second chapter, and I talked to others, the Talbot brothers, because he really liked those people and trusted them. And he said, I'm telling Pat I'm not going to sign with him. I'd like to sign with you. So we worked out a contract on a napkin at Shoney's that morning. It's so true that Keith's desire was to let everyone know about Jesus. This was the song he closed out most of his concerts with, from the 1978 sophomore album, No Compromise, Altar Call. yourself or let someone else but who would be that night to pay a debt that isn't his well I know someone like that and he's your best friend he really is he really 
Welcome back to Full Circle, where I'm featuring the last interview with Murr and Sparrow Records founder, Billy Ray Hearn, who went on to be with the Lord not that long ago. When I was talking with my writer, Russell Baum, about initially doing this interview, he told me he had never really gotten to meet Billy Ray, but when he was a music manager for a large Christian bookstore back in the 80s, he remembered the Sparrow sales representative told him once that Billy said he could always tell if a John Michael Talbot album would do well by how fast he would fall asleep listening to it. Well, I wanted to find out how much validity there was to this statement, so I asked Billy Ray about it, and this was his response. Well, I always believe that an album would sell if it gives me goosebumps. And John didn't give me goosebumps. He he gave me naps. (laughs) But that's what his thing was he's contemplative his music is contemplative and when I get contemplative I go to sleep <laughs> but you know the story of John when, when I signed John he was rocking he was folk rock I mean uh, country rock with like the Talbert Brothers or uh, Mason Prophet yeah well he, d- he did two albums and he had a, a, a family problem of wife leaving him and 
he was just totally devastated. And he found Christ back away a different way in Indianapolis through the Catholic Church and in a retreat center there. And, and he called me one day. I hadn't heard from him in months because I just heard he'd gone off the end somewhere, you know. John said, I just finished an album and I want to send it to you. I said, wow. Yeah, it's, it's a, a Catholic mass. A Catholic mass. What is a Baptist boy that sells through Protestant bookstores going to do with a Catholic mass? He says, you just have to listen to it because we did it on our knees, about six of us in this little studio in Indianapolis. And he sent it to me. I put it on the tape. It was on big tape, you know. And I just, I got on the floor and wept when I heard it. It was the greatest worship experience I had had, you know. It was the best worship album you can imagine. And I called him back and said, John, I believe I need to put this out. But can I call it the Lord's Supper and not a Mass? <laughs> you can call it anything you want to call it. Just put it out, you know. And Well, it was huge. And a lot of, a lot of the Christian bookstores wouldn't sell it. Or if they did, it was under the under the counter, and you, if you asked for it, you'd get it. Because they knew he was a Catholic, and, and our little stores weren't selling Catholic products, you know. So he did that, and then he started doing albums. And now the next album, I had uh, Dan Collins help produce it, and Dan come back and said, I don't know if you're going to like this, but it is, it is, I don't know. And he played it for me and said, Dan, this is going to be all right. Well, it sold more than Lord's Supper, you know. It was based on the Psalms. And so John just kept putting out these contemplative records. And he called me one day not long ago and said, Billy I'm doing my 50th album. And he says, you did all my first albums. Would you produce my 50th album? <laughs> Looking back to that powerful thematic album called The Lord's Supper from 1979, John Michael Talbot, Communion Song, on Full Circle.
Getting back to the heart of the matter on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. This is Jerry Bryant, and you're listening to a special episode of Full Circle with my special guest, the late Billy Ray Hearn. There's simply no way to do justice to a two-hour interview because of time constraints. So on this Full Circle episode, I decided to play less music and hear more from one of the early pioneers of Jesus music, who was a producer and the founder of the early Murr Record Group and, of course, Sparrow Records. During my last visit with Billy Ray, I recalled to him that my very first Jesus music concert that I'd ever attended was with the second chapter of Acts at the Church of the Open Door in Los Angeles in the early days of their formation. So I asked Billy how he first encountered Matthew, Nellie, and Annie, what it was about these siblings that set them apart from all of the rest of the vocal groups that were out there. Well, first time I heard them sing, it was not them as a group, but they were in the musical um, by uh, Owens, Jimmy Owens. And they, I had booked them to come to Waco when I was had a music promotion there. Pat Boone came with them, and we had a double crowd at the Waco Hall on the Vale campus and they were soloists in that musical and they, and they stepped out and sang and I said oh my goodness that that's real stuff right there and Jamie uh, Jamie's daughter Jamie Owens Collins she was became she stayed at my home and so we had a little party after the concert and I met Matt and he was weird he was 13 years old and um <laughs> Then Annie and I just fell in love with each other right then. And so I tried to convince Second Chapter to sign with Murr. And Buck says, no, bro, Christian company can't do what we need to do, want to do. I heard this story a lot. <clears throat> All the Christian artists wanted to be on a secular company. So anyway, I said, okay, bro, I, I really would like to have him. Well, he called me not that long after that. He said, hey, bro. I have an album I just produced with Barry McGuire, and I'd like to talk to you about putting him on your Merlin. I listened to the record, and oh man, that's great, that's wonderful. So I took Bill Grine, we flew out there to do the cover, and so we were there, and Buck says, you want to go over to Hollywood Presbyterian Church, they have a coffee house kind of thing, you know. He said, uh... Matt and Nellie and, and Jan, Annie are going to sing together. And we're going we're to call them Second Chapter of Acts. So I went over there and stood in the back. And this little coffee house thing, it must have been 100, 150 people there. And they started singing. 
I, I just, I, my heart just came leaping out of me. And just, I raised my hands that this is what it's all about. That was the first time I ever heard second chapter sing together. They were still trying to be on Pat Boone's label, um, MGM, I think it was. And they put out a single, Jesus Is, with Matthew singing, still unchanged voice. And uh, it was incredible, but it didn't go anywhere. They didn't understand what that was about. So after I was fairly successful with Barry <clears throat> doing Lighten Up, he uh, called me one day and said, Well, bro, I think we'll sign with you for the second chapter. I said, This is a, a new day. A new day. Because I knew they were going to be a... And, of course, Easter Song was on that first album. And I took it and made a single out of it. And Jack Hayford, who's a pastor at Church on the Way, he was having a pastor's conference, a thousand pastors. I printed up a thousand singles of Easter Song and gave every guy a single to take home and listen to Easter Song. Then I sent out 9,000 singles to radio stations all over the country and Christian church ministers and ministers of music, everybody. I just, I threw that song out everywhere on sing, on a single. said, this is part of their new album. And uh, it went off, it took off from there. But what started their popularity was that single. Because a thousand pastors going back to the church playing this music, that that's no small promotion. You know? And uh, Buck liked what I did, because I'm basically a marketing promotion guy and and I can produce a record, and I'm not great at anything, but I can take care of business. <laughs> Hear the bells ringing, they're singing that we can be born again. Hear the bells ringing, they're singing Christ is risen from the
The Easter Song, written by Annie Herring from the second chapter of Acts way back in 1974. A song that's been covered by numerous artists over the years, including Keith Green, The Imperials, and Glad, just to name a few. This is Jerry Bryant. Hopefully you're a regular listener to the show. But for some of you, this may be the first time. So I want you to know you can find out more about the Full Circle Jesus Music Ministry on my Facebook page or by receiving the Full Circle email blast. Full Circle is made possible by the gifts and support of the listening audience. Each show I produce sits waiting for an underwriter. So if you'd like to help sponsor a complete show or even part of a show, write me at info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com or go to my website at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. You'll see a button for a tax-exempt donation one time or on a regular basis. And thanks. This is Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. And it wasn't always the most well-known artist that touched the late Billy Ray Hearn's heart over the years. There was this one gal who, like Billy, went on to be with the Lord back in the summer of 2011. Her name was Jannie Grind. And here's the story of how Billy Ray came to sign her to Sparrow Records. When I started Murr, the photographer I used in, in Nashville to do covers and things. Did the cover for Randy Matthews. His name was Bill Grind. What a guy he was. Big old guy. And he was a great photographer. And I loved him. And I had him fly out to California and do Barry McGuire's first cover. Uh, Lightened Up, I think it was. And um, we did it at the home of um, the second chapter where they had a home there in, in Hollywood. But anyway, I, I got to be very close to, to Bill. And so he called me one day, and uh, he says, you got to hear this girl. I'm going to marry her. Her name is Janie James. Janie James, my goodness. Yeah, you got to hear these songs. And he sent me a tape that had four songs on it. Blew me away. Her voice was unbelievable. I mean, it was so cutting, and it's so honest, and so earthy, and everything was there. And her songs were so good. And... Um, she was quite a power. So Bill and I talked, and he was marrying her, and we, that was the way I met Jan. And, of course, she didn't come out as Janet James. She came out as Janet Grimes because she married. They changed the spelling of the last name. Grimes was changed because uh, he spelled it one way and it didn't work or something. Anyway, they changed her in the last changed the last name something they thought looked better on album covers <laughs> what a crazy reason to change her name but it did <laughs> but Janie then came out to California and I produced her records um, uh, out in North Hollywood a little studio and uh, she was quite a girl quite a girl and it was sad I had lunch with her over here at the club before oh maybe a year before she died she told me she had cancer, and the next thing I know, her son called me and said, Mother died. From the 1977 album, Covenant Woman, produced by Billy Ray Hearn, here's Bread on the Water, as we're taking you back to where it all began on Full Circle. Oh, 
Jenny Grind, Bread on the Water, which she wrote along with her photographer husband, Bill. This is Jerry Bryant, and I'd love your response to this special episode of Full Circle. You can write me at info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And I'd really appreciate it if you'd check out my webpage at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's Full Circle Jesus Music. Don't leave out the Jesus. Fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Or on my Facebook page, Full Circle Jesus Music. Now, this ministry is underwritten by the listeners entirely. And so I'd appreciate anything you can do because, well, there's just so much more Jesus music that needs to be heard. Thanks. I'm so blessed to have had some special time with Billy Ray for this tribute. Now, you probably know I normally just interview the artist, but I really wanted to hear from the man who made it all happen. There were a couple of times it didn't look like we'd even find time in our schedules for the interview, but Billy Ray actually emailed me and said he really wanted to do it. There were so many artists that Billy Ray believed in and helped get their start in CCM. And there's not enough time on this show for them all, but I think this next song is so apropos as we remember the life of Billy Ray, who's gone on to be with Jesus. Do you remember Barry McGuire? He started out with the new Christy Minstrels, recorded the hit song Eve of Destruction, a protest song written in 1965, recorded by Barry on Dunhill Records that July, with a timeless message, even more prophetic for today. Now the vocal track was thrown on as a rough mix and was not intended to be the final version, but a copy of the recording leaked out to a DJ who began playing it. The song was an instant hit, and it was soon at number one on the Billboard charts. Barry went on to star in the Broadway musical of Hair, and then Barry met Jesus, and everything changed. With the encouragement of Billy Ray, Barry recorded seven albums on Sparrow, the best known, Cosmic Cowboy, released in 1978. I caught up with Barry in England not long ago when he was on a live tour called Trip in the 60s with John York from The Birds. And he was my special guest on episode number 122. Check it out in the archives at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Here's Barry McGuire and Calling Me Home. Sailboat sailing. A crystal sea Gypsy dolphin Running free Seagulls circling Endlessly Calling me Mockingbird butterfly 
Sunset colors Are they fill the evening sky Newborn baby Starts to cry Calling me He's still calling you, and me. He's calling his home. Barry McGuire, on Full Circle. Now, as I come to the end of my time with my special guest, the late Billy Ray Hearn, we here at Full Circle would just like to thank him posthumously for all the groundbreaking work that he did to bring this new Jesus music of the early 70s out of the small churches and onto our radios, turntables, and most importantly, into our souls. As some people have said, there probably would not have been such a rich legacy of contemporary Christian music today without Billy Ray. Most of the artists that Billy Ray discovered came as a result of recommendations from his friends, who were already planted in the music world. But one of the artists signed to Sparrow Records was the result of someone directly seeking him out. Now, normally, this doesn't produce the desired results. But for one determined father of a young, talented singer-songwriter, it brought forth a fruitful harvest. And you've just got to hear the story. We were at a festival um, over in Lancaster or something in Pennsylvania, and Keith was performing and uh, selling everything. And here comes this guy and says, 
I'm the father of a guy, young man named Scott Wesley Brown. He's my son, and he he wants to make albums. I said, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I have this every day." You know? And um, I said, "When God tells me he's going to be on Sparrow, I'll tell you." He came and he said, "You got to meet my son." And so I want you to hear these little songs that he's that he's written. And so his father came to me and tried to convince me to sign him. Well, I kind of put him off at that festival. When I got back to um, California, here comes the calls, you know. I finally heard enough that I said, well, let's do this album. Because I love the song, I'm Not Religious, I Just Love the Lord. I thought that was a terrific message. So we did it, and uh, he, he did fairly well, and has done that well all these years. Here's Scott Wesley Brown with the title track, I'm not religious, I just love the Lord, from his first Sparrow Records release, with some vocal and musical help from the original members of GLAAD and a young Steve Camp, before either one of them had albums of their own released.
And that just about says it all. The real reason behind why I've been doing a Jesus Music Radio show since 1972. I'm not religious. I just love the Lord. Scott Wesley Brown. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.